June is Patron Appreciation Month. This month, I'm giving patrons a complimentary copy of the Tax and Business Guide for Authors. I created this course with my CPA dad, and it currently sells for $199. But patrons get lifetime access in June as my way of saying thank you. You can become a patron of the show at novelmarketing.com patron. I'll have more info at the end. Now, on to the episode. This is Novel Marketing. I'm James L. Rubart. And this is Steve Lobby. And I'm Thomas Umstadt Jr. And this is the show for novelists who hate marketing but still want to become best-selling authors. Uh, we are excited to have Steve Lobby here. I've known Steve since 2006, has become a great friend, and is one of those guys where I don't care what he's talking about, I'm going to listen because of his experience, also because of his insight, and because he truly is one of those guys that cares about authors. So excited to have him here. What I like about Steve is that he's touched just about every part of the publishing process. Right. So he Done ran a bookstore. Yeah. And then he was an editor for a major publisher and now he's a literary agent. So Correct. when he talks, he actually knows what he's talking he has about. The, yeah. He actually has the experience. I like it. You know so, that thing about a, ba- a bad agent is worse than no agent. Worse than no agent. Yeah. Steve is one of those where you go, okay, a good agent can really make a career so steve what does an agent do are y'all in charge of assassinations with book publishers or? <laughs> well i get that question a lot especially at you know in parties when <laughs> people ask you know what well, so what do you do and i say i'm a literary agent and i get this blank stare i said the easiest way to explain it i said every movie actor or actress has an agent Every sports athlete who is in the major leagues has an agent. Well, I am that agent, but for the writer. So I am there to help guide their career, make their, the correct choices, negotiate their deals, keep them on the right track, you know, try to you know, keep them, uh, kind of manage the career. It's a little different than what agents kind of tend to be observed from the past because the uh, I would say the responsibilities are much broader than they ever have been because there's so many facets to the publishing process. And it's um, it's different also in that the expectations have changed for yes. agents. You know, with the, with the changing world, uh, you know, people are looking for different things, and there's a lot more demand for agents too. It seems it's also a common myth that the agents all about the money. Now, granted, that's how we get paid. That's how the author gets paid. That's basically this is how we make our living. But the agent isn't just a deal maker. Those that are just deal makers uh, don't necessarily maintain the whole career aspect or the long. Uh, uh, they, I guess, the phrase is the long tail, rather than the short term. Let's get the best money we can right now. Well, that is a facet. But it's not the whole the whole picture. So in a sense, you're part matchmaker, part bodyguard, and part attorney. And part mother, part drill sergeant. <laughs> coach. Coach. <laughs> shoulder uh, to cry Shoulder on. to cry yeah. on. Well, yeah. Counselor. Counselor. I, I mean, you have, uh, you know, I, I have friends that have told me Steve talked me off the ledge. So that's <laughs> certainly yeah. part and of And sometimes your... I try to push them off <laughs> the ledge. Push them off. Yeah. 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 I, I want it to be over. <laughs> so... so Nowadays, a lot with a lot of authors going independent, mm-hmm. uh, there's a question: you know, Do I really need an agent? And what would you say to somebody who's trying to decide should I uh, should I get an agent or not? It really depends on the circumstances of that author and what their goals are career-wise. If their goal is to 
publish independently and get their book up on Amazon, on the Kindle, or get it into Smashwords and, or whatever variation so that they do all the work. No, you don't need an agent for that. I mean, that's really immaterial because they are fully independent. What we have in what we've been, I should say, faced with are the authors, even our clients who are traditionally published that then also want to do independent and they become a hybrid. So they're part traditional, part independent, and again, it all depends on the circumstances. If someone wants to use their independent efforts as a launching pad, I wanna prove that I have an audience, that I can sell 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 copies of my book, then I'll get an agent interested in me. Well, you will, there's no question. But then will that translate into interest from the publisher maybe maybe not it depends on the agent it depends on the agent depends on the nature of the book all those other facets that go into the, the course where the author is accurate in their understanding of the agent is the agent is that gatekeeper and we spend a lot of time maintaining the relationships with the publishers we work with so for example, I get a call from a publisher that says, we just had a book fall out of our spring 2015 list. I am desperate. Do you have a project that is close enough to being complete in, on this topic? Um, no. <laughs> uh, or, well, yeah, as it, actually, as a matter of fact, so-and-so has been working on this thing for the last eight months, and we were just getting ready to show it, so it's yours. I don't know how many times this has happened. An independent would not have that access. They wouldn't know about that opportunity. Right. Um, Although so, they kind of make their own opportunity in that they would publish they, their book when it was ready or when they felt it yeah, was ready. What happens when a traditionally published author starts doing some independent, they go hybrid, they start finding some success in that, and mm -hmm. then they come to you and go, Steve, I've got this book I can do, or this indie, or I've got this traditional book I should do, which way do I go? That comes, I mean, that comes down to your integrity, but... It comes down to my integrity, but also the, the, the desire of the author. Let's say it's you. Okay. okay. So you've got, let's say in your situation, you've got a book coming out with Thomas Nelson, but at the same time, you've had this other idea that's been burning in you for the last two or three years, and you've actually finally sat down and wrote the whole thing, and you're ready to go. Your Nelson book is prepared to be released, let's just make up a date, April of 2014. So when do you bring out the independent book? Not in May, right. because now you're competing with yourself online. Yeah, You may not be competing for the shelf space in the store, but online... It's shelf agnostic. Nobody knows that it's independent or traditional. I love asking questions at writers' conferences. Who is Stephen King's publisher? I always get dead silence. Right. Who's John Grisham's publisher? Dead silence. Come on, guys. Who's Max Lucado's publisher? Dead silence. No one knows. Who's Francine Rivers' publisher? Dead silence. And it's because the customer doesn't care who's producing it. Right. Right. They're actually going for the author. Yes. So that, whether it's independent or not, is immaterial. So now to get back to your question, should I do one or the other? That is not the right question. You can do both as long as you do it strategically. That you're just not throwing out 
10 or 12 books at a time just to see which one will stick. That's not smart. Even, even marketing in uh, the, you know, the candy business doesn't do that. Right. They're not going to test market 12 new products in the same cycle. They will test here and test there and test there. Does that kind of answer the question? Yeah. 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 So um, let's say I'm for sure I want to go the traditional route. I want to mm-hmm. go with a major royalty-paying publisher. Is there ever an instance when I would want to do that and not have an agent? Asking an agent that question. <laughs> <laughs> of, course, <laughs> of course you don't want to go on your own. And it's sim- simply because from a business standpoint, yes, you can ne- negotiate your own contracts. Yes, you can do it all. Uh, you know, before we went on the air, uh, Jim and I were talking about contracting and you know, remodeling homes and you know, some of the things you have to do. Well, Jim, you could do all of that yourself. Yeah. You could go to yeah. Home Depot, Absolutely. buy the nails and the hammers and do the measuring and all that, and then probably in six months your house would fall down. But yeah. there's, there, yeah. there's also an element, though, that there's something the agent has that you don't have, which is collective bargaining. Because no there's a question. sense that if you're no with question. a major agency, when you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. And so it really gives protection particularly to the newer author. In addition, what most authors don't see is that we have pre-negotiated contracts with publishers. So you get the benefit of the last 12 negotiations I've had with that publisher, and we've refined clauses, we've refined issues, we've talked about these. When a new person comes independently, they get the template from 12 years ago, and, and I've seen those over. contracts, oh, and they they're are horrific. awful. Yeah. They're horrific. I, I don't know how many times I've had to fix things. Or... Often what I have is that people will come to me who have gotten themselves into some sort of a deal and now they can't get out of it and now they want my help. It's too late. Right. You've already signed it. You have a binding agreement and you must live with it. Now, am I trying to scare your, your audience? Yes, absolutely. But you have to understand this is a business. And so consequently, if you don't treat it like a business, you can't complain about your contract later. Right. There are other things that an agent does because we negotiate with all of the publishers in the 11, almost yeah, 10, 11 years that I've been an agent, I have worked with every major publisher in the industry, even in the general market, pretty much with the, especially the, the large imprints. After a while, you start to know what's negotiable and what isn't. So going back in my history, when I was an editor at Bethany House Publishers, I would be working, let's say, with an author who didn't have an agent. And they would ask some of the, let's just be kind, um, inappropriate things because they're asking about something that isn't negotiable. This isn't something we can change. They don't understand the industry norms. No, because they've gone to their friend who is a real estate agent. Or they've gone to their friend who deals with, uh, you know, um, tort law. Yeah, he's an attorney. He's but, an attorney, but he's not but a he's publishing not, attorney. Exactly. He's not working in that arena. At the same time, and I need to make sure I clarify this for your listeners, you can hire a publishing attorney to go over your contract and pay a one-time fee for the hour or two that they will do to look it over. You don't need to have the agent and that's fine. I know a number of people, uh, some of them very successful authors, 
that use a publishing attorney for that aspect. But what they then lose is they lose the opportunity to have someone who understands the industry for the rest of the journey. Um, you know, Jim, you might even be able to answer this from, from your own perspective, but I, I imagine in over the years, the many books that you've written, you've run into certain issues with your publisher. You don't really want to be the one asking that question. Well, it, it's true because I, I uh, things didn't work out with my first agent and I released him and I was seriously considering being my own agent because in the marketing business, I am an agent. Right. For my retail clients, when I negotiate with radio stations and TV stations, yep, so yep. I thought, I do this. Yep. I do this. Why can't I do it for myself in this? And you start to realize, well, well, t- let me tell you an anecdote. <laughs> this is years ago. I had this Toyota Celica, 85 Toyota Celica. Love that car. It's the year I was born. That was <laughs> Shut up, Thomas. <laughs> you are so tiny. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so the brakes go out on it. So I think, my gosh, I, I'm not necessarily a mechanical guy, but I think I can figure this out. And so I do both the front and the back brakes. I bleed the brakes. I put the whole system back together, and it works. I did it. It took me eight hours. <laughs> and a friend of mine came over that night, and I said, oh, I changed the brakes in my car. How long did it take you? Eight hours. Jim, that's what mechanics are for. Because a mechanic could have done it in an hour and 15 minutes. Exactly. And so the thing I could figure out if I worked and worked and worked and worked on it, mm-hmm. you can do in 20 minutes. Yeah, exactly. And I'm supposed to be writing. Every moment that you're not creating and running your business, you're not creating. Right. There's That's, a saying that my dad says. He says, only do what only you can do and delegate the rest. Mm-hmm. And as a business owner, he's constant, He's also a business owner. He's always telling that over and over again. Mm-hmm. And as a creative, as a novelist, you're the only person who can write your story. You're yep. the only person who knows those characters. And they're essentially frozen in time when you're mm-hmm. doing anything other than writing. They're kind of trapped. Well, and from the head. business stand, standpoint, I will get authors. This happened the other day because it's tax time. Here we are. April 15th is looming on everybody. Uh, I had one of my clients call me and say, we moved, the computer I had, I thought had everything backed up, but I don't know what I made last year from this publishing stream. Do you have those records? And I said, sure. Click, 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 click. In about five minutes, I had a complete report for her of what date she had, the check number, that at least with the check number for me, not her check number, but the amount of money that she was re- had received in the course of the year. And I said, now, at the same time, if this is all you base it on, then there may be trouble because I could be wrong. So you have to realize, but at least you have a window or a general idea. And she's going, this is what agents do, isn't it? And I said, sure is. I have authors who use me as their backup. Hmm. They will email me their manuscript at various stages. So right. if their house burns right. down, are they their backups or their tertiary backups and their secondary backups blow up, they can actually email me and say, do you have that last version? Now, am I reading them? No, I don't need, I'm just a backup. Right. Why not? Why not use that partner in your business for facets that you never thought right. you could and, and use And that's it. the key. Steve, you said a partner. It is a partnership. And you originally asked the question, 
is it nicer if my agent goes to my publisher and says, this isn't working? A or good me. cop, bad cop. Yeah. And, and again, I've been this person, so I understand how to do it. But still, I realized I don't want to be in that position. Right. I want it. Every time I look at you, we smile at each other and, yeah. and hug and shake hands. Steve, gosh, I need you to handle this. For I, me. You got to take care of this. Yeah. Or my editor has gone off the rails and they changed the name of my main character and I don't understand it and I'm really upset. Right. And usually in a case like that, this is how they partner with me. I ask my client, write your angry letter, right? But send it to me. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and then you then make the nice letter. <laughs> I will edit it and I'll put publisher speak into right. it because I know the buttons that an yeah. editor is going to respond to or what's going to put them on the yeah. defensive. I will then send it back to you. You send the letter, but copy me so they know dad's watching. Right. right. And suddenly we have not escalated it because right. if I have to come in, oh my gosh, right. because I'm, I, I have a bat in my hand. I right. am there to wield power right. to fix this situation rather than let's not escalate it until we need to. An independent person has to have their own bat. They have to have their own escalation, and very often they become high maintenance because they don't know what filters and what makes an editor happy or sad or upset. And once you get labeled a diva oh within, my gosh. The, within a publishing house, that label can s follow you from house the rest to of house. your life. Yeah. Well, it, it it doesn't follow you; it spreads like a virus. <laughs> so by the time you go to the next house, right, they right. already know oh, no. she's a diva. I actually had she's to have a, a conversation like that with an author. Wow, could not understand why no one would take their next book and they had been through six publishers I came into the situation very late and I explained I said well at publisher number one this is what you did publisher number two this is what you did and publisher number three well pu the editor from publisher number one right. resigned and joined <laughs> publisher to. number three and brought your story with them so you can't publish there either I said, how about this? You're not allowed to talk to your editors anymore. <laughs> you talk to me. And I'll tell you what, everything was fixed because there was a oh, filter. because they knew. Yeah, there was a filter. So, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, we're almost out of time, so we have time for maybe one or two more questions. Well, oh, just wow. real quickly, Steve, when a lot of our listeners are aren't agented yet right, right and and there's this mentality and i had it you know i had it where it's like any agent who showed interest in oh. me i'd be like yes 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 sign me the first guy that asked you the prom you yes exactly. <laughs> and and now i realize that's not such a wise strategy could you talk to that a little bit i i would you know and i i empathize with it because there is that sincere desire to have the representation and someone is at a writer's conference the way I describe it, I said, what does it take to become a literary agent? <laughs> Thomas, do you want to become a literary agent? Jim, you want to become a literary agent? You know how easy it is? Go to Kinko's and print a business card. There is no schooling. There is no class. There is no licensing agency like there is in real estate. There's nothing to prevent some bozo from just hanging out a shingle going, hi, I'm a literary agent now. And a writer's conference may not know that. Right. And so now they're up. I had actually someone at a conference on an agent panel next to me leaned over and whispered, I'm going to let you answer all the questions because I have no idea what's oh going on. Oh, my gosh. And well, that person had been an agent for one month. Now, my, the, the point is, do your due diligence. Investigate the websites. 
get involved in writers groups and loops and and all of that and say what do you know about that guy steve lobbyish whatever his name is i hear he's really a jerk well and jim would say yeah he really is uh <laughs> or he could be your jerk <laughs> he could be yours yeah yeah, yeah for 49.95 <laughs> and also the other signal is if any agent asks you for money up front they're a crook right yeah. period yeah i i uh, once spoke at a conference and the year before uh, an agent had come and basically signed everybody at the conference. It was a small oh my conference oh and my then gosh. got them all published at a subsidy publisher that was giving the agent a kickback. Kick. Oh, oh, that is just, that's, and, oh. And, and so I'm there. It's <laughs> painful. And as the marketing guy, and everyone's got these books that aren't selling because, you know, the subsidy publisher made their, all their money up front anyway, so they weren't interested in getting the book to actually sell to anyone other than the author. You know, so everyone had a garage full of books, and they were wanting me to help them. And I was just like, oh, that's such so, – so what I recommend is you, before you sign with an agent and before you go with a publishing house, find a happy customer of mm-hmm. that agent mm-hmm. or a happy customer of that publishing house. And if you can't find one – don't go with that person. Oh, we post our client list. Not all agencies do this, so this isn't good or bad, but we do it intentionally. We post all of our clients on our website, and it's a link to their website, and it's very easy for you to write that person saying, right. you know, because you can do the contact page and fill it out and find out if there's uh, somebody worthwhile. Steve, uh, thanks for taking the time to be with us. Oh, it's and great. This My was pleasure. so good. We're going to probably have you back. <laughs> for sure. So thank you for listening to Novel Marketing. This episode has been brought to you by Author Media. If you're looking for a new website, we would love to help you out. You can check that out at authormedia.com. You've been listening to the Novel Marketing Podcast, helping you promote yourself online, offline, and everywhere in between. Don't forget, June is Patron Appreciation Month. If you become a patron this month, or if you're already a patron, you get lifetime access to the Tax and Business Guide for Authors. But patrons get way more than just access to that course. Here's a breakdown of the patron rewards. There's three different reward levels at different pledge prices. At $4 a month, you get access to the Tax and Business Guide for Authors, like I said, but you also get a bonus episode every month, the ability to ask live questions in the monthly Q&A episode, and over $800 worth of discounts on other author media courses and free book vault setup. At the $10 a month level, you get everything I just talked about in the $4 level, plus access to the podcast host directory. This is a directory of the email addresses and contact information for over 100,000 podcast hosts that may be interested in having you on as a guest to talk about your book. And you also get access to AI Thomas. This is a GPT-4 chatbot that I've been working on for the last several months, and it answers questions based on over 500 episodes of the Novel Marketing Podcast and the Christian Publishing Show. But here's the best part. It cites its sources, so you can click to read the blog post that inspired the answer. So even if you don't like AI, you can think of it as a super-powered search engine to help you find the novel marketing episode that specifically answers the question that you have. And then at the $25 a month level, you get everything I've already talked about, plus your book featured from time to time on the podcast. If you want my help in your publishing journey, become a patron today, and you can become a patron at novelmarketing.com slash patron. That's novelmarketing.com slash patron.